Last week, the Arkansas legislature ended the extended part of the 2021 session. Formal adjournment is scheduled for this week. The end came after discussing COVID-19 rules and agreeing on a new map for distributing voters among the state's four congressional districts. The new map splits two of Arkansas's most populated and most diverse counties into two different districts. Sebastian is split into the third and fourth, while Pulaski County is split into the first, second, and fourth. This week, John Brummett, a political columnist with the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and Roby Brock with our partner Talk Business and Politics review the extended session. John Brummett says while the new congressional map has critics, he doesn't think the National Democratic Party will become involved in any litigation. I'm told, and it's understandable, that the National Democratic Party is not going to show any particular interest in any injustice toward Democrats or minorities that might be occurring in Pulaski County because they need to save their resources for places where where litigation would save a seat for Democrats or give them a better chance to win a seat. I think you and I would agree if the National Democrats asked us, uh, we could we could get this undone in court. What, do we gain the second district seat? No, we've been down that road and, and that wouldn't happen. So I, I don't think we're gonna see any involvement from them. I saw Grant Tennille, the new state chairman, saying the state party is interested in helping whatever happens. There are national groups on the liberal Democratic side, Eric Holder and another one, uh, that do these kinds of things. And that uh, I expect, I know they're both looking at it, and the chances are pretty good that one of them will come in here and do and do a lawsuit about the uh, dilution of African-American and Hispanic minority vote because Lasky County is having, <clears throat> excuse me, two slivers taken out. One on the east side is going to the first, one on the south side is going to the fourth. Both are majority minority uh, when you're counting African-Americans and Hispanic voters. And not only are you taking those away from uh, the rest of, of that population in the second district, you're then splitting that population twice. I think there, I think there's a lawsuit there and we're, there's a chance, probably a better than 50-50 chance that uh, litigation will ensue. And you will also, you see in the first district an inclusion, I think of some Cleveland County voters that are traditionally more white and Republican. So that's, I think gonna add to that argument. Uh, as I, think so. I think so, so you just made the argument a little better by having a broader perspective than I brought to the point. Thank you for that. Just adding another layer of fact in there. So we'll see where it is in court. So the session overall also uh, dealt with a lot of COVID-19 related issues. Some perhaps remain, some not remain. Do we think we may see litigation as a result of those, assuming that Governor Hutchinson signs them into law, at least what's his desk? I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, having become numb to the whole thing, I'm not sure how many bills passed? I think whatever passed that uh, that sort of uh, interposed the state to try to nullify or limit the application of federal uh, vaccine regulations. Uh, uh, it, I don't think it even got the emergency clause. So there's a 90-day period, and I think a lot of that then will have to do with with uh, what the how the landscape looks in 90 days regarding the virus and whether everything is settled in or whether it hasn't. Uh, so so you know. It was. I think it's probably going to wind up more right-wing extremist grandstanding than than uh, relevance. 
I, I think. But uh, uh, we will, uh, and, and I certainly hope that's the case. And I was encouraged. I was encouraged. I think there was an important moment when uh, Ballinger's bill gets out of the Senate, goes to the House on the last day, and uh, the usually uh, meek, uninvolved, detached speaker who doesn't vote and just tries to facilitate and keep everything moving happily, Matthew Shepard, came down and, and, and said, this is a bad bill, this is a destructive bill in terms of health, in terms of public policy, in terms of effect on business, and we gotta be able to say no. Been waiting on somebody to do that. And he did it, and the House uh, declined uh, sort of narrowly, like 41 to 48, uh, to pass the bill. That's a, that, I'm always looking for a bright moment. That was a bright moment. All right. Governor Asa Hutchinson still wants to do tax reform. Uh, he is looking at potentially bringing the legislature back into a special session. Do we think it'll stay specifically focused on tax reform? If so, what will that be? And if, uh, if it goes further than that, what else might he add to a special session call? Well, everybody be sure to read my Tuesday column uh, on that, and I'll give you a little, uh, a little preview. Uh, my, the question I had, I had was, why in the world would Asa Hutchinson turn around and bring these guys back, these, these people back, on October 25th, which is a tentative date he's set. And I didn't, I don't ask it rhetorically, I direct it to the governor and I get an answer from him. And he said, he's worried about this. And he uses the word craziness for what could ensue. But he says he believes that uh, we can afford uh, some tax relief, that the people need it and we need to get it done for calendar 22 and the window is closing and the leadership is with him. So what? I mean, Lucius with him. He doesn't have yet consensus more broadly, but that uh, he thinks he can get there and he wants to do it. But even he acknowledges he's worried about people. He, he's, he seemed to be worried about efforts to suspend the rules to bring up other bills and thus derailing the whole theme of the session. I uh, see more, I see possibility for. Uh, since the since the issue since the issue in the call is uh, state income taxes, uh, any sort of income tax bill or attempted amendment to his bill would be germane. And we've got uh, people who want to do all Leslie Rutledge, Sarah Sanders type stuff, and Trent Garner who put in a bill in the regular session to take it to zero. There, there, I could see some some effort by these uh, extremists who don't number enough to win things. They just scare some of the garden variety Republicans into going along out of fear of being primaried from the right. That, that was, that's what worries me more. So I, I think there's very little chance that we can have a special session that's clean and uneventful without controversy about that and possibly other issues. By the way, uh, the last I heard, the government, th this tax bill is not just a, uh, will not be just a, a tax uh, cut from 5.9 to 5.4 at the top level of income. They're, they're doing some tax reform throughout the entire tax uh, tables uh, that will cut taxes at lower uh, income levels. It will require only a majority vote because it's only a cut. And there is even an idea percolating today to take it from 5.9 to 5.4 with a trigger to take it 4.9 if a revenue stream is strong enough to support that. So sort of mathematical trigger. So that's all fluid, but I think we're all gonna get a chance October 25th 
to bring uh, the legislature back to town come what may. John Brummett is a political columnist with the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. His columns can be found at ArkansasOnline.com. Each week, he talks with Roby Brock with our partner, Talk Business and Politics. More from this conversation can be found at TalkBusiness.net. And on tomorrow's Ozarks at Large, you can find a new report about research from UAMS into long COVID, symptoms and conditions lasting long past the virus's initial infection. Ozarks at Large's Jacqueline Froelich will tell us more tomorrow on Ozarks at Large at noon and 7 p.m. and on your schedule if you subscribe to the free Ozarks at Large podcast.